Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. I have something to tell you a lot of people don't know about me. Ooh, I need to know. Did you know that I was born a poor blind child? What? In a coal mine. What? And I wrote a song about killing a man. What? You didn't you didn't know this? Well, no, cuz I'm not there. I also changed my name. Originally, my name was Q. As you know. Right. But then I changed it to Freddie Mercury. Nice. I changed my name to What's Love Got to Do With It. You did? Yeah. But now middle you just name, changed it. Middle name La Bamba. Did you change? <laughs> Buddy Holly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just naming biopics? I was trying to give you the story of a biopic. I'm trying to give you the story of Sid. You're Nancy. trying to, you're trying to give me a title of a biopic. Listen, I say, I, I, we I just. Know we're new to this. I'm just trying to walk this line and get us into this podcast. Oh my god! Listen, let's just smash our hands together the way we're gonna smash these two concepts together. Selena, high five. Should we high five? High five. High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo! High five. Don't let me hang it. <laughs> you gave me dual dual claps. Well, I mean, it's like an applause break. Got it. 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 So, hey, Jay. Hey, Q. What you know about music? I know a little to a lot about music. Do you, on the scale of like one to seven billion three hundred and sixty-five? I'm at like six billion three hundred and sixty-five. Honestly. In all seriousness, one of the things that that uh, that I had as part of my life growing up is whenever I would be in the car with my dad and we'd be driving anywhere, so listen mm-hmm. to music on the radio, listen to a CD or a, a tape that he had, every single thing would be perpetuated with, hey, have I told you this cool story about the Beatles? Or hey, do you know that Ray Charles actually fill in the blank? So all of my like life going growing up in music was just peppered with music trivia throughout Every experience I had. Oh my God! You were raised to be a trivia god. No, more than more than not, I was raised to be an asshole because I was oh, raised God. to be the type of person. <laughs> I was. You raised were to raised be, <laughs> to be a hipster. Yeah, I was raised to be the person that's like at a party and a Fleetwood Mac song comes on. I was like, Hey, do you know the actual history between behind this song? The lead <laughs> singer and the guitarist they were sleeping together, but then the bassist and the drummer they also were in a relationship. But then both those fell apart, and you can go your own way. Uh, <laughs> wow! So it's that's, all of that bullshit. That's, that's just amazing. what's rattling around up in here. So honestly, 
to you know spoil the lead, I guess, since we're talking musical biopics today, yeah. this is an area of deep interest for me because I always am interested on what's going on behind the music. Must have been I, why I like that VH1 show. Ooh, I was about to say, ooh, <laughs> VH1 plug. Yeah! Come um, on, VH1, give us sponsorship money. And this yeah, week and le- on VH1, watch another show with other people talking about the 80s. <laughs> Perfect. Coming soon high, on VH1. More shows high, you won't watch. High five the 90s. But that that is right there is going to be our new mini. That's the show we're pitching to all the uh, all the networks. It's just called High Five the 90s, High Five the 80s. And we're like yep. giving loving high fives to people yep. from the 80s and 90s. Yep, that's it. That's it. I love that show. All right, we can quit. <laughs> now we're done. <laughs> Mike. Drop. We, but we've out. reached we've reached the mountaintop. But um, Q, so, why are we talking biopics this week on well, High Five Cole on the podcast? Couple reasons. Uh, one would be that this year has been, uh, and the end of last year, I suppose, has been uh, just littered with information about musical biopics. So yes. there has just been a real resurgence, if you will, of musical biopics. And uh, on the day that this episode comes out. One of the most hyped ones is premiering, and that would be the musical biopic about Elton John's life called Rocket Man. Which is interesting because this usually biopics are written about people after they die. Right. At least it this seems. one is this is while he's still alive. This is like he was involved with it. Right. So. Which is always a weird angle, if you ask me. It would be really weird for me to in, be involved with someone who is making a movie about my life because i would i would like you would want to kind of punch it up a little bit i would say you know oh i would or like you would just be very hesitant to say yeah just put everything in there yeah hey remember when i was an asshole and i kicked that dog put that in there remember when i was more like robert downey jr than i was anybody else (laughs) yeah put put that in there leave that out of there well i mean robert downey jr we heard that happened with Bohemian Rhapsody. One of the reasons, you know, and uh, we'll talk about that movie and our feelings about it, but one of the things about that movie that people said they had a big problem with was the fact that the Queen guys were so involved, they wouldn't let them focus on things that were not great about the band. Right. Exactly. And so it does kind of cast a light on, once again, how accurate are some of these biopics? Are right. they really glamorizing some things that maybe uh didn't happen exactly the way that that they're legendarily right. told now um recently i had a involvement um because as you know i i co-host or host some of the alamo draft house screening movie yeah. parties out here in omaha and recently i had the pleasure of hosting a la bamba movie party yeah i remember um, that how'd that go it was fun it was we had a great crowd we had some fun props uh, but most of all, it was my first time seeing La Bamba on the big screen. I had seen La Bamba previously, well, uh, but I never got to see it. because you were alive during the 90s and you had USA on your television. So exactly. you have definitely seen La Bamba. A handful of times. Um, <laughs> it's like it was Weekend at Bernie's and then La Bamba and then Fried Green Tomatoes. Like that's how I, the afternoons were every summer. I will say the one thing that I really took away from that movie is <laughs> – how come Lou Diamond Phillips didn't have a bigger career than Thank that? you. Why is he relegated to like side grown-up characters on cop dramas? Lou Diamond Phillips is awesome. 
Yeah, like I watched this movie and the whole time like yeah, there are certain there are certain points in the movie that are a little cheesy and a little over the top. Um but all in all Lou Diamond Phillips delivers a pretty great performance. Like he really kind of sells what's going on. Uh, he's the thing that makes that movie work. And honestly, La Bamba is, in my opinion, one of the better musical biopics. And it's 100% because of Lou Diamond Phillips. He just, I believe him as Richie Valens. Sure, absolutely. I just believe it. One, 100%. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing. Um, and that actually is a perfect segue into a very good, important conversation when talking about musical biopics is... It's very important who is going to be portraying the subject of your biopic. Yes, and honestly, Q, I would like to tentpole us here on this topic for just okay. a little bit because yeah. I think you've opened a door to what I consider maybe the most important part of a biopic. So the fact that Joaquin Phoenix was Johnny Cash in Walk the Line, yes. Gary Oldman as Sid Vicious – uh, Lou Diamond Phillips as Richie Valens, even Jamie Foxx as Ray, Ray Charles, Ray Charles. Those were inspired casting choices. I could not agree more. Like how in your mind, Q, how important is it to find that actor that it doesn't have to look so much like the character and or should it, uh, should it look like the character? I'm that, so glad you said that. Let's go because into this, how close that, does Taryn look like Elton? Maybe and that's kind of the thing. Yeah, he does. He does look pretty good in the trailers. I have. I will say that I think they got kind of the visual composition. I will say one of the people that I thought looked very different than the real life character is uh, Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash. Yes, Joaquin Phoenix ultimately looks nothing like Johnny Cash at, at all. all. But he sold the the soul. Of Johnny Cash. Yes. I believed he was Johnny Cash through his performance and his amazing vocal performance. Holy crap. Did you see? Oh, I remember reading this about Walk the Line, too, is that for like a year or longer, Joaquin Phoenix trained as a songwriter with country music yeah. singers and yep. actually like recorded his own country songs that he had written during the process of like prepping the character. I mean, to your point. Even though Joaquin Phoenix as himself doesn't look like Johnny Cash, when he was holding the guitar, the way he would hold his eyes, the way he crunched his forehead looked exactly like uh, uh, Johnny Cash, and it was weird. And that's and that's the crazy part is is you don't necessarily have to physically look like them if you can sell their essence, right. if you will. One of the things Haley and I had a conversation because um, we were talking about bohemian rhapsody and we ended up having a conversation uh because we were disappointed at the fact that they didn't get a lead singer in or a, a lead actor in rami malik that could vocally perform yeah the songs they had to get There's, some like guy from nashville who does a freddie mercury impression and let me tell you i've watched the videos of that guy that dude facially has the same mannerisms as Freddie Mercury yeah. too, and sounds spot on. Yeah, he sure does. That's so the thing of, about that movie is it's it's spot on in the vocals and the sound. So Haley and I kind of had a conversation, and I think we ultimately came to the the agreement that we prefer musical biopics 
where even if the lead actor doesn't necessarily look like the character or the the person they're portraying, we enjoy the movie better if they are giving a real vocal performance. Oh yeah. Um I really really enjoyed uh Joaquin Phoenix in um Walk the Line. I really enjoyed um uh uh shit. I mean, Tom Hiddleston Tom Hiddleston oh. as Hank Williams. Oh yeah, uh, I never saw that one. Did did you see he, that? I did. He he actually performed his songs as well and he sounds fantastic. Oh nice, nice. Um and that's one of the things that has me so excited about Rocket Man is because Taron Egerton is actually performing the music. Which uh, which I don't know if a lot of people know this connection and Q, correct me if I'm wrong on this fact, but here's how I understand it to be true. Taron Edgerton got the role in this movie because of how well he sang an Elton John song in the movie Sing. That's what I've heard. And I don't disagree with it because his performance of I'm Still Standing at the end of that movie is, is awesome. Fantastic. It's and fantastic. Let's give it up. Now, to be fair, he doesn't sound exactly like Elton John. No. He sounds like Taron Edgerton doing a version or a take on Elton John. But Which is okay. He still sells the emotion and feeling behind the songs. Yeah. So therefore it kind of translates. Like I've watched the trailer and all the music that they use in the Rocketman trailer is Taron Edgerton yeah. singing these songs. They're on Spotify too. I've listened to some. And they are fantastic. Yeah. Like they sound Fantastic. Well, it's just the same thing. I mean, didn't Jamie Foxx sang and played the piano in Ray, didn't he? Absolutely. And that definitely comes across. But hey, I want to go back to your point about the actors not looking like the people because a wonderful example of that, and it's still a great movie, is I'm Not There. Yes. Not only yeah. do not only does the actor <laughs> not exactly look like uh, Bob Dylan, that's but they several. Have, like, six actors who don't exactly look like Bob Dylan, including some female actors. Yes. Kate Blanchett, the the highest ranking of the group, yes, is probably could not get more unlike Bob Dylan. <laughs> well, I mean, it is true though that Bob Dylan becomes Hella in the Thor universe. That is true. Like, Bob that Dylan is fact. Becomes an evil embodiment of death. That is true, and rips world. Thor's eyeball out. Spoiler in, yes, in that world. But no, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, even something like Amadeus, who who knows if that guy looked exactly like uh, sure. Uh, um, Amadeus. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Mozart. I was, I was about to say Beethoven, but I knew that wasn't right. Mozart. Right. Who knows if he looks exactly like him, but it's fun. Like, that right. is a fun portrayal of now, a world that I'm not familiar with. I will say another person who doesn't really look anything like it um, was Aaron Taylor Johnson in Nowhere Boy. He doesn't oh, right. look like John Lennon yeah, at no. all. Um, but he portrayed the character well. It's a yeah. decent movie. I wouldn't say that, that it's like a brilliant performance or movie but he definitely does if they were casting solely on who looks like john lennon right he does not <laughs> and oh i've got a i've got a good example on the opposite end of that spectrum sure so in the runaways yeah i knew you're going there very much like joan like jett. joan jett looks super like joan jett but that Absolutely. movie's not that awesome and, no. I th and I think that's one of the reasons. Like, you almost focus too much on making them look like the characters as opposed to getting people who could actually embody their mannerisms. Now, one of the one of the ones, um, let's talk about embodying mannerisms. What about <laughs> Val Kilmer in The Doors? Maybe 
in my opinion, I'll play my cards a little bit. I think he gives the best performance in any of these. Do you think he looks like Jim Morrison? Yes. I think it's uncanny how much he looks like Jim Morrison. Personally. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Uh Haley, Haley, off, off. Mike is shouting at me. What about Selena? I see. So, okay, Selena. I have to play my cards of ignorance here. I okay. really like the movie Selena. I think that everybody involved with it does a really good job. I think that uh-huh. um, Jennifer Lopez kills it. It's one of those words, like, man, yeah, she can act. I knew nothing about Selena before that movie. So I almost have no frame of reference. I just have to say, yeah, that movie looked like, I think that was spot on on what Selena looked in that and acted like, because I have zero idea. I will say um, another one where the person doesn't really look like the, the, uh, the actress would be coal miners daughter. So Sissy Spacek as Loretta Lynn. Right, right. Yeah. She doesn't, I mean, she kind of has the vibe of Loretta Lynn, but she doesn't really look like her. But that's one that, like, the the she may not look like her, but, man, the movie itself is a work of art. Oh, 100% agreed. Uh, she won an what, Oscar for that, didn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought I knew she was nominated. I couldn't remember. Now, the here's, here's my favorite bit of casting in any of these. Can I tell okay. you what my favorite one is? Yes, please. Ice Cube's son. Yes. Ice Cube. In you just stole that from me. Oh, I was. Sorry. I well, literally you know, you, had that pulled up. <coughs> you do that no. to me all the time, so I. I, I don't feel bad. It's about fair. It fair is fair in time. love and podcasting. But that one was was otherworldly because he looks just like his dad he does. at that time, and he was pretty damn good in that movie. Yeah. I have well, been he's a big he, fan of um, O'Shea Jackson. Yeah, he's had a pretty decent career. He was in uh, Ingrid Goes West, which, which was a. A good, weird little movie that I highly recommend everybody He's check out with Aubrey Plaza. That and that is a bizarre movie, but it is really interesting and well, good. Well, let's not forget Black Klansman. He's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's He's right. fantastic in that. Now, I will um, say uh, one of the other movies that I have to address if we're talking this is uh, Dennis Quaid in Great Balls of Fire. Right. Okay, thoughts? Um, fantastic performance. Yeah. I think very much channeled Jerry Lee Lewis. I agree. Um, doesn't really look like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> no, a little bit. I mean, they tried to give him like the floppy curly blonde hair. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but outside of that, he's much better looking than Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> he is yeah. the he is the handsome Quaid. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, that was kind of one of those situations where I thought it was a good movie. I feel like that was maybe Balls Great Balls of Fire was one of the more like studio-ified yeah. movie biopics. Um, yeah, also Great Balls got, of Fire. I forget when it came out, but like... 89. Okay, 89. When did Sid and Nancy come out? For some reason, I always like think of Great Balls of Fire and Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy, of, 86. Okay, so around the same time then. Okay. Now, if we're talking performances, though... In Sid and Nancy. That's where I'm getting to. Okay, Gary Oldman is amazing. I think Gary Oldman, outside of uh, outside of the doors with Val Kilmer, I think Gary Oldman is the perfect embodiment of he looks exactly like what I what Sid Vicious like looks like to me, and his yep. performance is beyond spot on. Oh, it's Gary, it's Gary Oldman, so of course it's going to be. I mean, that guy crap. played a dwarf one time convincingly. <laughs> he, he <did. laughs> and and if you, and 
and by the way, everybody, if you're not familiar with that movie, go watch it. What is it? Um, it's it. Greg Kinnear is in that movie, or is it uh one of the Pullmans? Um, no, it's um, is it Greg Kinnear? I think it's I think it's uh Greg Kinnear. I'm gonna look up Gary Oldman dwarf movie. Tiptoes is the name of the movie. <laughs> oh God, it's an even worse name. It's uh. <laughs> Okay, I would just want to read this. Oh, it's Matthew out. McConaughey. Oh, no, you uh, Yes, it is. Okay, I want to read this whole cast, by the way, to everybody. <laughs> uh, so let's let's all just set the scene. If you're listening, this is not a musical biopic. It is a drama, and it is a a love triangle involving two brothers, one of which is Matthew McConaughey, and the second of which is a little person played by Gary Oldman, <laughs> a full sized person, but. The movie also stars Peter Dinklage, real-life little person. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Yes. Is this, is this the equivalent of little person blackface? It has to be. It like, that can't be. be. That has to be insulting. I'm surprised that Peter Dinklage wasn't like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Like, there are plenty of good dwarf actors that would gladly take on this role. Why the hell are you casting Gary Oldman as a little person? Thank you. Right. I, it's, like, it's, it's unacceptable. I'm surprised Peter Dinklage wasn't like, uh, I should be playing this part. <laughs> like, uh, the thing is, if, if you're second fiddle in a movie <laughs> about dwarfism, <laughs> about dwarfism and you're, and you're, you know, Peter the Dinklage. only actual dwarf in the cast. The thing is, if you're a, if you're a 2003 Peter Dinklage and you're playing second fiddle to a little person, an, an, a little person character, it yep. fucking better be Warwick Davis. And it <laughs> better sure. fucking not be Gary Oldman. For sure. So, yeah. So, for all of the people who have not heard of that movie, and let's be honest, that's probably all of you listening to this. Which is also probably a good thing. I mean, this movie has Kate Beckinsale, Patricia Arquette, and David Alan Greer in it as well. It wasn't Whoa. a little movie. It was a stacked cast. And you know what still blows my mind? What still blows my mind? It still has a better Rotten Tomatoes rating than uh, Ghost Rider <laughs> Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> 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 How is yeah. that possible? <coughs> yeah, that'll that'll do it. Oh man, uh, and I love too the director. He directed like two other things. He directed Freeway in, uh, and and Blackface, and, the movie, <laughs> and, and a movie about Ted Bundy, <laughs> starring David Allen Greer. No, starring uh, I don't know Michael Riley Burke. No, I'm just trying know. to like oddly miscast all of his movies that's my point a uh, ted bundy starring starring David. richard pryor <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like that dude cast his movie by just like throwing darts at like pictures of actors who do i have in my rolodex that's yeah oddly enough matthew mcconaughey plays the love interest and kate beckinsale plays the other brother <laughs> See, weirdly enough, this guy's follow-up movie to Tiptoes was a biopic about the Jackson 5, and Matthew McConaughey played all of them. <laughs> all five? Yeah. Even Michael and the dad. <laughs> Weird. It's a one-man play called Jackson 1 to 5. 
<laughs> well done. Maybe this guy is actually like a film savant and he's just so far ahead of the curve that we can't even like comprehend where he's going on an artistic level. That's a totally true statement about the director of Tiptoes. <laughs> maybe the greatest uh, cinemat- or filmmaker of our generation. It, we, we, just, we won't even know until decades 20 later. 20 years from now, we're going to be looking back <laughs> on it and being like, that was utter br- sheer brilliance. Tiptoes is the height of cinematic <laughs> quality. Fuck Citizen Kane. <laughs> tiptoes forever. That's actually Tiptoes' tagline. It was fuck Citizen Kane, Tiptoes, <laughs> tiptoes forever. forever. Gary Oldman yep. is a little person. All right, so let's get back to <laughs> musical right. biopics so now that we've, we've, we've had talked... a crazy plug for the movie Tiptoes. <laughs> so we've talked um, like actors and people involved with it. So yes. what I'm curious from your standpoint, and Q, this is a question I want to ask you specifically because I know how much of a fan of musicals you are. Okay, yeah. How important is it that the music from that artist or band is featured in and or shown in the movie? (laughs) I would say a movie about a musician should 100% feature their music. So you weren't you so what you're telling me is you weren't a huge fan of the Andre 3000 Jimi Hendrix as Jimi Hendrix? Nope. Where they didn't have the license to any of his songs? Yes, I was a fan because I personally think Andre 3000 is an inspired choice to play Jimi Hendrix. So do I, by the way. I do not. I I like Andre 3000. He was in that High Life movie we talked about on our yeah. last episode. Yeah, and I which was, was a great. cool surprise. Like I did not expect to see him. I didn't him even in that recognize movie. him until about four or five scenes in. I was like, wait a minute, is that Andre is that 3000? Andre 3000? And then he was like in the dirt, and I was like, yeah, I guess it is. Um, <laughs> but. But okay, so but that's a like that's a point. So you'll have movies that are like Bohemian Rhapsody, where you have gigantic swaths of the movie that take place sure. at concerts, or you can have movies like I'm Not There, where it focuses more on sort of the life of somebody as opposed to their actual music. Right, and, and I I think if you're doing a muse a, a biopic about a musician, the entire point is that you are. They are a musician. That's how they got to the point of notoriety that they are at. Right. So at the very least, you have to at least feature some music. Maybe not like frame the whole thing around concert footage. Sure. But at least have them writing the songs that they got famous for or playing a song (sighs) or two. You know what I mean? Like, right. You can't, and I. That was something I feel like they shouldn't have done that Jimi Hendrix biopic because it also went nowhere. Like oh, that yeah. pit, that that movie did nothing. Well, didn't, and I think they squandered a great cast and opportunity. I, I'm glad you said that, that, but also, wasn't it the case that there was another Jimi Hendrix biopic being made at the, In the same works? time, like yeah. a, kind of a Deep Impact Armageddon type situation? Yep. But didn't the whole controversy about the rights and the music and the pre-buzz, didn't it eventually just tank both of those films? Yep. Which is weird. Normally both of them come out and then one does way better. But this time one was so bad or so I think the second one didn't even get released. Yeah, I think it tanked both of them. Yeah. Which is weird Um, because the Jimi Hendrix story would be a good fodder for a biopic. For sure. Absolutely. At least I think so. Um, one of the ones that uh, that was a, a really interesting one, I believe it's called, is it Get On Up? 
Oh yeah, the did, see, I never saw that one, but I I liked a lot about it because it had um, a Chadwick Boseman in it. Absolutely, as James Brown. Yes, um, that's a really good movie, and I will say that Chadwick Boseman, while um, not looking exactly like James Brown, which he doesn't. No. Uh, because let's be honest, no one really looks like James Brown. Her, yes, exactly. Case of um, it was a really good movie, and actually, that's what got me on the Chaz- Chadwick Boseman radar. Oh, really? Um, because he gives a fantastic performance. It does. It does have a, a good feature performance, though, by one of our favorites, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. One of our phase, our favorite crazy person, our favorite who crazy just before skull we vodka distributor uncle, he's like our weird drugged out uh, uncle who's obsessed with conspiracies. You know what? Okay, I'm really glad you said that. I think that is the best description of Dan Aykroyd I've ever <laughs> heard. Is that he is Hollywood's weird uncle, in the same road as like a Randy Quaid. Like you totally. love him because of the the impact he's made on your family, but you're like, oh yeah, no, Uncle Dan, he sells his own vodka that he makes out of his garage and believes in aliens. I, listen, right. we love him. He's coming to the reunion, but <laughs> don't really spend a lot of time with Uncle Dan. Let's be honest. And Randy Quaid is the drunk uncle. Yeah, <laughs> Randy you know, Quaid. Is he's the, the one that, that like shows up and they're like, oh god, don't uh, talk to Uncle Randy. Uncle Randy. Who invited him? Who told him where we're holding Thanksgiving this year? Listen, we know he's just going to dive in on some of these conspiracy theories and start yelling at Aunt Margaret for nothing. Why, what if why we is ju- Uncle Randy here? What if we just replaced musical biopics starring actors with their siblings? So Duh. instead of instead of Dennis Quaid in, in Great Balls of Fire, it was just Randy Quaid's <laughs> Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> Which, honestly, with the life that, that Jerry Lee Lewis lived, would probably be more in line... With a Randy Quaid. He married his cousin. She was like 13. (laughs) Uh, I was really thinking when you were saying that, that uh, you wanted it to be like, oh, we're going to make a Jeff Bridges biopic, but it's going to start Bo Bridges. (laughs) Ask Jeff Bridges. We're making an Alec Baldwin biopic, and guess what? It's Billy. (laughs) It's the the bald one nobody wants. It's It's the siblings. That would be amazing. Oh, I'd be man. totally on board with that. Oh Lord! And we're sta- we're we're making a uh, Olsen twins biopic starring Elizabeth Olsen as both <laughs> twins. <laughs> <laughs> we're making a follow up to the Buddy Holly movie, and it stars Gary Busey's son, <laughs> Jake Busey yeah. as Gary Busey playing Buddy, Buddy Holly. Holly. Yeah, <laughs> we're making a biopic about the making of the Buddy Holly story biopic. So it's I... Jake Busey playing gary Busey, playing buddy holly <laughs> i love i love that Please. i like i want it to be like a shadow of the vampire style movie right like a like they're like it's a very like meta because it's yeah. you're watching the production of a very famous film <laughs> yes i love that so much but i am 100% everybody involved with the with movie has to be the son or progeny of people involved like the assistant director has to be the daughter of the assistant director of the buddy holly story the screenwriter has that. to be related to the screenwriter even down to the gaffers everyone has to be the son <laughs> or progeny of someone who's of, involved in the first one i love that i'm 100 on board hey speaking of uh things being connected let's talk about another way um, so we've talked about actors. We've talked about the necessity of music. We've even kind of uh, talked a little bit about the importance of 
having your performers really sing versus pre-recorded right. tracks from the original artist. One thing that I would like to take is is talking about the approach to the musical, okay. whether it is more of a musical, like a fantasy aspect sure. musical, um, which I think uh, uh, no, uh, I'm not there. Is that what is it? What is yeah, called? I'm, I'm not, not there. there. Uh, I think I'm, I'm not there would fall more into that kind of fantasy esque telling. Right. Um, I mean, Rocket Man. Rocket Man, to, from what I've heard, that. is part music, like pull, part full on musical, where people are like bursting out in song in the streets kind of right. thing. But they're still using the music of Elton John. Right. So right. it's not like new songs were <laughs> were written for them to perform. I mean, it, they could have been because Elton. It John could have. Still I don't kicking. know. Um, where do you fall on that? Do you feel like, do you prefer the more like stylized version or do you, would you prefer a more gritty a la walk the line kind of portray or Ray portrayal of, you know, a, a musician's life? That's a, that's a good question. I personally, for me, I fall on more, I want a more cinematic story. Like I feel like sure. if you're going to use the medium of film to tell the story, then um, then I would prefer something more like Walk the Line, something more like Straight Outta Compton, like Sid and Nancy, um, as sure. opposed to the other way around. And I'll, and I'll tell you my, my reasoning for that. It okay. was um, – uh, what was the uh, – Jersey Boys. Jersey yep. Boys is my good example. Is I think a musical structure works insanely well on a Broadway stage. Like we went and saw um, Jersey Boys when we were in New York a handful of years ago, and it was one of – the most favorite stage performances I've ever seen. Uh, sure. And then, you know, we saw the Clint Eastwood movie that came out a handful of years ago, very underwhelmed. Now, a lot of reasons that that could have happened, but for me, it's just some things work better in some mediums than in other mediums. And I think sure. if you're giving me a cinematic story, I want it to at least follow those rules, but I don't mind people like singing you- in the streets. Are you saying that there's a possibility that the Cats movie starring Taylor Swift, Idris Elba, and James Corden may not be good? There is a slight possibility that that's going to be a trash fire. <laughs> okay. Just just double just, checking. I just wanted just to see where sl- you fell. A slight, slight possibility. I mean, and we could have a whole other episode on musicals that have been remade to the- I think you know, we like, should. Like I think Les we should Miz have is a good example of that. Phantom has had a couple of different versions- um, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. So we could talk like Rent. what what makes a musical work on stage and what happens to it when it moves over into film. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, you may have a different take, but for me, I always lean more towards the one that are told in a more cinematic way. What about sure. I mean, I know you're huge on musicals. So do I you am huge on musicals. Stand on the um, other side. Uh, no, I honestly love both. I am. I think that aspect of it being kind of this fantastic musical-esque take on a biopic is what has me most excited about the Rocketman movie. Sure, Uh, yes. That is probably one of the biggest selling points to me is I'm like, ooh, cool, like a weird fantasy retelling of Elton John's life. Like, I'm into that. It's kind of like, it's like Into the Woods, but with Elton John's story. Right, which and and good because Into the Woods was terrible. As a uh, see, movie. that's another musical to screen doesn't always work, even if you have no. talented singers. And they did; they had a stacked cast. They had people that actually great. performed it on Broadway. Sure, not great. Um, 
So I think for me, ultimately, for my if I'm gonna make my perfect biopic, right? Okay, Ooh, that's this is a good that's a good topic. If I'm gonna make my perfect musical biopic, I need an actor who can sing really. So that's number one on my list. I want my performer to perform. I like that. Even if they don't sound exactly like the artist they're portraying, I need that level of performance to really sell it for me. I want a performer. And that helps so you don't get a situation like we had with Bohemian Rhapsody where the Oscar clip of Rami Malek's (laughs) Oscar-winning performance was a scene of him lip-syncing. Right, which is – not great. It's, no. it's kind of a turnoff for a movie. Now, to that me. was a choice on the Oscars committee of what scene sure. they showed, but the reality was there's a lot of that movie where Rami Malik is lip singing, and you might not want to highlight that as his performance cue. Right. I want to see a performance. Yes. Give me a Joaquin Phoenix Walk the Line performance. He performed. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's number one importance for musical for me if i'm building my dream musician biopic um i think number two is um everybody enjoys a story that's told with an angle yes and i think you need i don't i'm not interested in seeing and i and you you may you may totally like diverge from me on this one maybe um and this is not a real person that existed, but that's why I didn't love Inside Llewellyn Davis. Oh, uh, okay. Um, See, it I was do more, really like that movie. I know. It was more of an idiosyncratic small journey through a performer's life as opposed to kind of the spectacle of their existence. Right. Um, and for me, if I'm going to watch a biopic on a musician, I want more of that spectacle. Sell me... On that large scale. Now, I know that they didn't design that movie to be that way. Or, I mean, they designed that movie to be that way. That yeah, was kind sure. of the point of that movie. But I that's the only example that I could think of of, like, a small-time, quiet right. movie. Now, I, um, I'll tell you one that I think you would enjoy if you haven't seen it. Um, and I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen enough of it to know that it falls into this category. Did you ever see Blaze? Blaze, uh-uh. It's a newer one. It actually was done in the last, like, year or two, but it was written and directed by um, Ethan Hawke. And it's about oh, no. an up-and-coming singer-songwriter. It stars uh, one of the uh, – maybe from Arrested Development, Alicia Swalkin. Oh, okay. And it's supposed to be very, very good. And I can say that the, the performances and the scenes and the clips that I've seen from it look incredible. But to your point, it's a – kind of a smaller story about an unknown singer-songwriter, and they use a real singer-songwriter as the lead character who had never acted before. Oh, I love that. And so he can really sing. This is a real person, and it's a real story they tell. It just happens to be small because that's the story, and I think it works because it hits all those other things. But to your point, one of the things that I appreciate in a musical biopic, and I'm glad you brought up Inside Lewin Davis because – that one to me works because it's not someone I know. You know, sure. like I'm okay to accept a small scale story about an industry or about a representative character in an industry. But if you're going to come and give me an Elton John biopic and say, this is the quiet, subtle times of Elton John's, like he's a real person and I'm not interested in his quiet, subtle right. times. Like, right. He built a career on spectacle. So the movie better damn well be a spectacle. Right. 
And I feel, I will say, for as much as I did, and I was in the camp who really enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody, I feel like that movie also pulled too many punches and Mm -hmm. in a lot of circumstances was not as big of a spectacle as Freddie Mercury's actual life was. I agree. And another thing about um, Bohemian Rhapsody, and I also enjoyed it. Like, I want to put that out there. I don't think it was the, I don't think it should have won everything at one, but I, I thought it was good. And I enjoyed it, and I had a fun time at the theater. And I love Queen music. Oh so. yeah, and Queen. Sure. Just, Any time like to a, listen to Queen, a Queen soundtrack, I'm on board with. Man, if they're like Queen, if they're gonna make a biopic about Journey, it could be the worst movie in the world, <laughs> but it's gonna have Journey songs in it. So I'm, you know, I'm, I don't stop believing. Um, We're all gonna be like streetlight people up and down the boulevard. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So, but one of the things that I that. I think Bohemian Rhapsody did that draws me out of a biopic is what you said earlier is it needs to have a point of view. The reality is, is that people's lives, bands lives are full of tedium or full of just life stuff. And if you're going to make a narrative around somebody, you need to know what to cut. You need to know what to leave in and you need to have, you said it earlier, Q, a point of view. And I think the, the biopics that don't work in my opinions are like, here's a bunch of shit that happened to somebody in their life. Without a through line. Right. I need more of a this led to this, which led to this, which inspired this, which led to this happening, which led to this fallout, and here's a narrative. Right. And, I, I you know, we got that and walked the line because it was really about June and Johnny. Right. And it was that point of view. We got it with Sid and Nancy because it was about the tumultuousness of their life on stage and how it matched the tumultuousness of their life in real life. We right. get that. Um, straight out of Compton had the, the race riots as a backdrop and, and all of that. Like if you give me a point of view, I'm, I'm in it till the end. But if it's just a smattering of things that happened to you, unless it's done in a way like I'm not there was done, it pulls me out of it. I, I will 100% agree with that. Can I talk to him? Can I talk to you about a movie and we'll bring one up that I think didn't get as good of a reception as it should have. I watched this movie and thought it was really good. And another, uh, another performance by uh, Anthony (sighs) Mackie was notorious about the notorious B I G. You know, I never Um, saw that movie. It wasn't good. Anthony Mackie plays P Diddy. Uh huh. Um, but the real standout is Jamal Woolard as Biggie. Okay. And, it is a fantastic performance. Really? But you've also got Angela Bassett is in the movie. Um, you've got Derek Luke is in the movie. I mean, you've got a very, like, solid, solid, solid cast. Now, you've didn't also... that one, like, slide under the radar? I remember when Notorious it did. came out, but I didn't see a lot of fanfare for it. It totally slid under the radar. Um, it absolutely did. You've got – but Angela Bassett plays his mom – um, you've got an actress by the name of Naturi Naughton who played Lil Kim. Um, nice. she is, she is known for being part of the, uh, the R and B group three LW back in the day. If nice. you remember them. Um, but she, she was fantastic. It's a really good movie that nobody seems to like. It kind of came out and everybody forgot about it. Um, Interesting. I remember it coming out. Uh, I have one that's in a similar category, but finish your what you're saying about Notorious. And John ba- Boyega is in this movie. What is he? Who does he play? He plays Craig Mack. Amazing. <laughs> and 
it was uh it's kind of one of those things where um I don't know. I, 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 I highly recommend everybody go back, watch it. Oh, I, I'm so sorry, and I totally misspoke. Anthony Mackie doesn't play uh, Puff Daddy. That's Derek Luke. Anthony Mackie plays Tupac. Amazing. Amazing. And it's good. The movie's great. Um, so, originally, Anto- Antoine Fuqua was going to direct it. I remember. That's when I remember hearing about it. It was like, oh, cool. Yep. Um and, but ultimately, he turned out a, re- a really, really, really good movie. Now, unfortunately, maybe it was the pedigree of where George Tillman came from. Um, his, his big movies that he was known for uh, were Barbershop, Barbershop 2, Beauty Shop, and Barbershop The Next Cut. <laughs> nice. Um, so he really, he really bought into he, the Barbershop franchise. Say, he, went, he went hard in that one. Um, um, but he also recently did the movie The Hate You Give. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that either, but I've seen which a lot looked, about it. looked really good. Um, and back in the day, he he directed Soul Food, and he directed Men of Honor. Oh, I remember Men of Honor. That was so, okay. um, but it's a really, with that had a Cuba Gooding Jr. and Robert De Niro in it. Interesting. Now, in that same that same realm of a movie that I don't think a lot of people have seen, but it's an interesting entry into this category. Did you ever see born to be blue? No. What's that? It's a Ethan Hawke movie. And it was about from four, four or five years ago. And it's about Uh a jazz uh, trumpet player named Chet Baker. And it's a biopic about him. Like he had had, he had had a big career and he was a drunken, you know, kind of, ne'er-do-well type guy he gets the shit kicked out of him at a bar and gets like muscle problems and then has to basically fight his way back into having a career resurgence um mm. but it's about his struggle with drugs and depression and violence and fame and all of that Wow, i'm and looking it up that's not even that long ago this was 2015 that, that yeah movie came i told out. It, four or five years ago it's like real soon no huh. one ever heard of it but it was pretty i mean it's not great i don't think it'd make my top five but it was uh pretty it good was, it was good i i thumbs up for it i do like ethan hawk anything ethan hawk's in i'm usually going to give a nod towards at least or at least yeah at least give a watch to right i automatically agree. so now uh, we're, we're hitting kind of like the the little known ones and the ones that people don't talk about do we want to actually talk top five are we there yeah let's let's do it are we are you saying we're ready to set list i'm ready to make a set list it's music, get it? Yeah, it's, music. A, it's a pun. It's a joke. It's All just right. a silly joke. This is, where we do this is where we make a list. The list. List. All right. All right. Top five. So Here we go. It's it's time to top five our musical biopics. This so one, this one might be tough. This is a good one, though. I think this is a good list. People are clamoring to know what their new opinion is. And as we recently discussed in one of our mo- or our recent uh, episodes, it's important to stand by your stance. And I'm going to stand by this stance hard. Stand by your stance. Yep. Perfect. So uh, you have any that you want to just throw out just right off the top? Just like get out there. This needs to be on there. I definitely feel like this is a good uh, musical biopic. We've talked about it, but I'm not there. 
I just okay. I think the subject matter, I think the performances, and I think the way they purposely did it in a different way. Mm-hmm. I, I just think there's nothing really like it, and it's also very good. It doesn't have okay. to be near the top, but I I would say that it should be representative of the top of the crop when it comes to these types of movies. I I can I can I can get on board with that. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put out there that I think Walk the Line needs to be on there. I I think it's hard uh, to not have that in here somewhere. Um, now, like, there's a lot of really good ones, and some we'll come back to, uh, like like Sid, Nancy, and La Bamba and stuff. But where do you land on Amadeus? Amadeus is good, but I think we're gonna have to. I don't know that I would include it because we've got to bump too many really good, like the doors right absolutely oh, has to be doors. on the list I, I would agree i think just for performance alone i think the doors with val kilmer has to be on there i would almost say that that's true for sid and nancy as well i'm kind i would be along that line as well um i also if if we're just really getting in there um i also really 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 like velvet goldmine now is that the one um that one's about bowie that's, isn't it that's brian slade Plays character on set. It's it's kind of, it's um, I don't even know that it's really a biopic though. If I'm being honest, well, if it's gonna if it's gonna edge a line, like if it's characters that aren't named like David Bowie and whatever, then we might have to draw a hard line and say, you know, we've already got a Bowie movie in here. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, okay. So but we what can, about we can. I mean, what about something like you mentioned it earlier, but Coal Miner's Daughter? Like, it won awards to see Space Set, got a lot of attention for it. It's still part of the cultural zeitgeist at this point in time. Um, what? Which one? I'm sorry. Coal Miner's Daughter? Coal Miner's Daughter? Um, yeah, I'd be on board with that. I hesitate having two country yeah. movies on there. Um, I prefer Joaquin Phoenix's performance if I'm being honest well and that's fine I, I say we get to like a, a top six or seven and then whittle right. um but no I'm, I'm fine with that I mean what about something more modern like like a Ray or a straight out of Compton I mean um all right I'm gonna say Ray was fantastic although I have heard a lot of stories that a lot of that was kind of fictionalized oh, oh. um just and dramatized I guess you'll say sure um but out of out of the list of movies that you just listed that is my favorite so i would say i mean i think i think so when it comes to biopics i would think that ray is a little bit stronger than straight out of compton but they're real close in my opinion um Um, what about the buddy holly story i'm gonna be honest i know we give gary Busey a lot of shit but he was pretty fucking fantastic as Buddy Holly, and he looked a lot like Buddy Holly I, too in that movie. I would agree. I'm gonna add it to the 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 list, but um, one that we didn't talk about that I actually would want us to consider, or at least to talk about and think to consider, is um, Angela Bassett in What's Love Got to Do with It? The Ike and Tina. Oh Tina. yeah, because her and Lawrence Fishburne are incredible. I do in love movie. some some Angela Bassett just in general. So I'm going to add uh, that one. Yeah, I could get on board with that. I could definitely get on board with that. All right, so we're at about seven. Are there any, like, is should La Bamba be on the list? Should 
I'd um, say I'd say if we're going La Bamba, it, for me it'd be Buddy Holly story or La Bamba, and I think Buddy Holly story would win out over. La I Bamba. agree. They both had the same plane crash, and so uh, <laughs> if we're gonna pick one, I I would say the Buddy Holly story I think is stronger as well. Um, well, let me read off the 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 seven that we have right now, and let me see if you have any that immediately jump out that need to be added. Okay. So we've got I'm not there. Walk yep. the line. Yep. The doors. Sid and Nancy. Coal Miner's Daughter, The Buddy Holly Story, and What's Love Got to Do With It. Oh, fuck. I think What's Love Got to Do With It should be on there. Yeah. Um, I, I would like... say if we're if we're doing you know country music, I would say it's between Walk the Line and Coal Miner's Daughter, and I would probably – I'd go Walk the Line. Yeah, I would as well. Um, and so now we've got – let's see. We need to get rid of one more, and so we're looking at I'm Not There – Walk the line, the doors, Sid and Nancy, Buddy Holly, and what's love got to do with it? Um, I'm hard to, I'm hard pressed to cut any of these. Fuck, I'm, so am I. Um, honestly, if if it were me, it'd be between the Buddy Holly story and what's love got to do with it. I know that's what I was just thinking, but it's so but, hard because. But those two movies are both really great movies. Um. <clears throat> If you were just going to have to vote, like if I was going to do one, two, three, go, like what would you say cut first? If I, I was going to say one, two, three, go, I would probably cut. I'd probably say what's got what's love got to do That's with it. That's what I was going to say too. Crap. Well, I th- I th- it's still wonderful. So uh, here's our five. We need to order them now. Okay. So we've got I'm Not There, Walk the Line, The Doors, Sid and Nancy, and The Buddy Holly Story. All right. I would, I would say a strong – recommend for doors maybe being number one i would say the doors are sid and nancy those are um, the two that i, I, I would probably go the doors number one sid and nancy number two i am totally fine with that here let me uh, i think the doors is an amazing movie i think val kilmer gives the best performance of his career oh yeah no, i know i totally agree so um well, uh, I, what I, i've just rearranged these and i actually kind of like the order of this but let me ask okay you. go ahead Okay. Do- number one, The Doors. Number yep. two, Sid and Nancy. Yep. Number three, I'm Not There. Number four, Walk the Line. And number five, Buddy Holly. Um, I, I don't hate that. I'm actually okay with that. I'm pretty all right with that, actually. So let me read it back and let me do it a, a five to one and see how we feel. Number five, okay. The Buddy yes. Holly Story. Yes. Number four, Walk the Line. Yes. Number three, I'm Not There. Number two, mm-hmm. Sid and Nancy. And number one, The Doors. I love it. I think that's a great list. I am very, I feel very strong about that. And it feels good to have an Oliver Stone movie at the time. I totally agree. So, uh, as once again, as always, this is your brand new opinion handed down to you on from on high of the gods of high five. QSJ. Yes, Jay. Handed down from on high five. The five. Um, We've got so much cool stuff happening. Uh, we talked about an episode. We've got a uh, comic book that's in the works and is going to be releasing soon. Uh, Which, by Jay, the way, to, to follow uh, updates on that comic book, please go follow Oddfellow Comics. Just search us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you'll find us. Yep. And then uh, Jay is going to be making a pilgrimage with Amanda uh, up to Omaha for so Ocon. Great. So great. For the Omaha Ocon Expo. So if you are listening uh, in the greater Omaha or Nebraska area, 
Come check us out. Uh, we'll be there June 28th, 29th, and 30th with a booth. We've got for a booth. High Five the Podcast. We've got a table. We've got giveaways. We'll got- you could win a VCR. And you could also and VHS tapes. And VHSs. We'll have shirts, stickers, previews of the comic book. Dudes, what are you doing? Come join us it's at Ocon. Be there or be not there. And if you're not there, be warned because we're coming for you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hunt you down. We're, if, if, um, you're not, if you don't come to Ocon, we're coming to your house with our table. Outside of that, if. Uh, if you, once again, as always, if you disagree with our list or you think we left anything off of the list, absolutely reach out to us via social media. Oh, yeah, please do. And again, that's high five colon the podcast on anywhere that you're on social media. Um, you know, you can listen to the show and subscribe anywhere that, that you listen to podcasts. Obviously, just like all podcasts say, but we really mean it. Go leave us a five-star review. Share it with your friends. The bigger this audience gets, the more fun we have on social and the more movies we can talk about. So, so yep. guys, tell your friends, indoctrinate your, your, your family and, and your followers yep. and your lovers into the High Five crew. We want everybody to be a fiver. We want to talk with movies with you. Now go five yourself. Yeah, yeah. See you later. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com got that or connecting with them on facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on twitter at high the number five the podcast instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes stitcher google play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Getting recast in your own life? (laughs) Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut! Print it! What happens in the next reel? Cut! Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut! That's a wrap! That's a wrap, people! Now let's get the hell out of here.